Welcome to our weekly devotion. This is Dr. Owen Anderson, and I want to turn this week to a proverb. And proverbs are meant to instruct the young, to give wisdom to the foolish. And we're in those categories at some parts in our life. We're always needing more wisdom. And when we get into these chapters where you're getting like proverb after proverb after proverb, each of them is like a little puzzle that you can uh, go over in your mind from different angles and, and derive wisdom from like a, a almost like doing a, a logic problem, except for this has much more meaning. And, and because of that, it, it takes a little bit more time to digest a whole chapter of Proverbs. You don't necessarily just race through the whole book. This may something maybe that, you know, I appreciate how the one year Bible does it because this would be something where you get a proverb for the day to think about throughout the day. And that's part of feeding on the word every day. So I want to look at Proverbs 19, verse 3. 19, verse 3. Just one proverb. And, and it's going to give us a lot to think about. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. So think about this. His own folly, and I think we know from other parts in scripture and really just from general revelation, his own folly brings his way to ruin. He departed from the way of God, the path of God, the path of life. He essentially said, and this is where the folly comes in, God doesn't know what he's talking about. I know how to do it better. Now, to think about how absurd this is, and yet how common it is, which is why we can say none seek, none understand, none do what is right. God, who is infinite and made all things to the smallest detail and gave us the path of life, doesn't know what he's talking about. I know better. Now, sometimes maybe this is put in a social framework of saying people who speak for God don't know what they're talking about. People in the church are corrupt. They don't know what they're talking about but I know better. No, that's a false dichotomy still. Even if that's true, that there's a, a corruption in the church and people speaking for God have selfish motives, you can reject that without saying there is no God who does, and there is no path of God. So instead you might say, okay, that person's corrupt, but I do know that God exists and I do know he has a, a path, a moral law, and that's the way to life. Instead, what the person does is uses maybe this first one as an excuse to say, God doesn't know what he's talking about, or there is no God at all. And I just had to figure this out, and I'll do pretty well. But what it does, whether the short-term, medium-term, or long-term, is it brings his way to ruin. It's a path of death. It doesn't lead to life. And what he does then, all of a sudden, God does exist, and his heart rages against the Lord. And the word Lord there, instead of God, the ruler, Yahweh, I am the one who is self-existent. And so that highlights the folly. Can you imagine that? The self-existent one, you ignored his way, went your own way, came into ruin, and then bl you blame the self-existent one who created all things. That's folly. And that's the folly that really is the heart of what we need to repent of as sinners. We, we call that maybe root sin, right? coming to realize I've put myself in the place of God. I've dismissed God. I've not seen what is clear in God's revelation to us. I've gone my own way and it's brought me to ruin. And then I'm mad at God. 
what, what exactly is this person mad about God for? That God didn't intervene, maybe? I was on the path to ruin. I was ignoring God, uh, and I came to ruin, and God should have intervened and, made, and saved me. Maybe even at that desperate point, the person prayed and said, God, please help me out of this tough situation, and there was no answer to that prayer. And so where's God? There is no God. He doesn't care about me. He didn't answer my prayer and get me out of a tight situation a difficult situation, a heinous situation. And because of that, they're, uh, I'm mad at God. So that whole position is folly, and we, we should be able to speak to it if someone else says it, but we should also be able to see it in us and avoid it as a kind of a warning signal saying, yeah, my heart's not in the right place. I'm actually mad at God right now. Now, there's zero reason to be angry at God. When you read about the account of David bringing the ark up to Jerusalem, you see it says a couple things, including that he was angry about it, that someone died, Uzzah, when he reached out and touched the ark. Now, David should have known that the ark was being improperly managed. It needed to be carried by specific ways by Levites, not put into an ox cart. But he didn't do it that way. He should have been upset at himself. So when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. So I use David as an example. It's not just some, some blatant atheist. Here's a man after God's own heart who can find himself in that situation. And we have to humble ourselves and repent. There's never a reason to be angry at God and rage against the Lord. If we find ourselves in that situation, we need to immediately stop and, and pray, asking for the Holy Spirit to correct our attitude. And yet it's so common. So the man of folly who brings his own way to ruin by ignoring God's way, the infinite creator who get, plainly revealed his way in general revelation. It's right there for you, no matter what other people do, even if other people corrupt it, they use the church to get money and fame, you can still read general revelation and know the moral law yourself. You didn't, and your way came to ruin. And that's why we need to repent, and that's why we need Christ. Thank you for joining me this week. We'll see you next week.